Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. Today's message is Conclusion of Ecclesiastes. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. So we are uh, getting in, into that point where we're going to be transitioning out of Ecclesiastes into Easter stuff, right? And, and looking at, at that. And, and I was wondering, you know, okay, how, how are we going to make that transition? But it actually uh, it, it, it's a lot easier than, than I thought it was going to be. And uh, so bear, bear with me as my, I'm hoping my voice will, will make, it, make it through. It'll make it through at least this service. I don't know, the next service may, may be bad. But uh, I want us to kind of think back to Ecclesiastes, some of the, the main points, kind of the main, I, I don't know, can you use highlights for, for Ecclesiastes? I don't know if you can use that, that term or not. But uh, we started off looking at Ecclesiastes and the phrase that you see all throughout the book is life is meaningless, right? And, uh, and we kind of talked about how that, that's, that's not, not quite as harsh is, is the way that it sounds, but it is a very realistic look at life. It's kind of life is a breath. It's very, it's fleeting. Um, it, it can't be contained. Um, it's something that, that we can't really grasp hold of. We're not going to understand completely. And that there's going to be times that, yes, life does feel meaningless. So it's an it's a interesting um, take through the book of Ecclesiastes. And so that's kind of the premise of it is life is meaningless and then we see that the, the writer of Ecclesiastes you know, talks about Solomon and, and, and all, of, all of his splendor and searching after uh, meaning and uh, trying to find it in whatever way he wanted, right? And, uh, and that it's still, life was meaningless. And, uh, and it, that, that phrase would be combined with another one that we saw quite a bit of life is like chasing after the wind. You know, where it's kind of you're trying to figure out life but it's always just a little bit too far in front of you, and you can't really grasp it. You know, and, and, uh, and those, those things are so true. If we really kind of step back and think about it, yes, that's, that is kind of what life is like, right? There, there's a lot of frustrating things that happen in life, and we, we do things to, to prepare and to think that we're going to be able to control things or at least have a semblance of control, and then the wind blows a different direction. Right? So life is always chasing after the wind. Uh, we talked about that there is a time to live and a time to die, a time to, to sow, a time to reap, right? That, that life is about seasons. It's ups and downs. And uh, all throughout life, we're going to be going through times that are very difficult and very hard. But then we're going to go through times that are good. And it's, it is a cyclical thing. And if you step back, and, and look at life, you realize, yeah, you know, that's, that's how it works. And uh, that life is, is uh, constantly changing, and moving up and down, and twisting and turning. That's kind of the essence of Ecclesiastes. And then within that, uh, Ecclesiastes makes it very clear that life is unfair, <laughs> that life is not just. Right, um, a couple of different times it says, uh, "What is what is crooked cannot be made straight." Right, so all of those things in life that we know are just bad and need to change, we need to kind of. And it's a sobering thought, and it's not an uplifting thought. Whenever you think, "Okay, 
That's always going to be there, right? There are some things that are just part of our sinful, fallen humanity that we're always going to see. And I think one of the biggest examples of that, and we've talked about all of this, but uh, you know, we have moved so far in like race relations and things like that in our country. But you always, you constantly still hear of racist things happening, right? Why is that? You, you know, most people think, man, we're in, and I've heard the statement, it's 2019. How can someone say that or do that? Because what is crooked cannot be made straight. There's always going to be elements of sinfulness in the world, right? And that's frustrating, and, and, and it's not that we shouldn't try to change those things. We should, but we also need to come at it from a realistic understanding. Hey, things are never going to be perfect. There's, we're never going to reach a utopia here on earth uh, until Christ comes again, right? So, so we need to understand that. And, and so Ecclesiastes paints a pretty harsh and brutal picture of life. And, and some people don't like that. You know, so a lot of times we would rather look at life through rose-colored glasses. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we, we like to buy into this idea that, you know, God is going to, to straighten everything out for those who love Him and that God's going to take care of, uh, you know, all the problems. That's just not the way it is. And, and if you come at it that way, you're going to be very disappointed. And so it's, it's important to have kind of a Ecclesiastes understanding of the world, which is not very uplifting, but it is based in reality. But then the question then becomes, well, how are we going to respond to that? How do we respond to this reality? Well, it, within Ecclesiastes, we talk quite a bit about what the world's response is. Because I, and I want you to try to take, take your, your faith perspective out. Um, and if, cause I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we kind of understand that the Ecclesiastes view of the world is the way it is, right? And uh, we say, okay, yeah, this is a really frustrating place. So there's a couple different ways to respond. The world's way to, to respond to that is basically, okay, I need to look out for myself. And I'm going to do what, what I want to do. So if, if the world is, is kind of this unfair, unjust place and, and there's not much that can be done about it, then I'm just going to take care of me, right? Because, heck, what does it matter anyway, right? And so the world kind of gets a consume, consume, consume and do whatever you want, right? And, and that's a legitimate response to this kind of, to the Ecclesiastes view of the world, right? If you don't have faith, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll just do whatever I want. But what we've seen over and over and over again is that that does not work, right? Like there is ways to find peace and joy and happiness in this life that is still is so broken. We can find it when the world's way doesn't work. I don't know, I'm sure many of you are familiar with Deion Sanders, right? He was a, an athlete, especially, and he was one, uh, you know, whenever I was growing up is whenever he was playing both football and baseball. I remember, remember him traveling and playing for the Atlanta Falcons on a Sunday, getting on a plane and going and playing for the Atlanta Braves in the World Series uh, later that day, right? I mean, he was, he was at the top of everything. 
and he is very flamboyant. To, to this day, he is. That's his personality, right? He is uh, prime time was his nickname. And he's, he is out there, right? And, uh, and you can think what you want of Deion Sanders, but he's extremely talented, uh, extremely charismatic, and, uh, and, a, and a happy guy. Like, that's, that's kind of the persona. You know, he was always out there. And uh, he recently did an, an interview, and uh, he was talking about um, just his life. And they were asking him about rock bottom because he actually ended up, it, he considers it an attempted suicide. He, it, it was a car wreck, but it was an intentional car wreck. And, uh, and he, this is how he deci- uh, describes rock bottom. Says rock bottom for me was having hundreds of suits and not covering. Rock bottom for me was having hundreds of pairs of shoes, but couldn't take a step in the right direction. Rock bottom for me was having ten cars and wasn't going nowhere. Rock bottom for me was having a fourteen thousand square foot house, but never feeling at home. And he's not using hyperbole there. He had hundreds of suits. He had hundreds of shoes. He had lots of cars, he had huge houses, right? And yet, none of it was fulfilling. I mean, he had all the fame, all of that. This was at the height of his popularity whenever he hit rock bottom. And he did turn to Christ, and you can say what you want about Dion, he still has a, an out there personality, um, but he found purpose. And he didn't find it in all the stuff, he found it in Christ. And that's just one of a thousand stories of people who reach everything the world says you should, should have to find happiness, but yet they don't. And what's interesting is uh, there was another, uh, there was another uh, little phrase that he used in there that, that talks about how many uh, people he was able to sleep with. Uh, I didn't want to bring that being family worship. But it was interesting, the responses to this on uh, sports talk radio and responses to the article and, and video that you see on online, people basically dismissing what people saying, man, I sure would like to hit rock bottom in a 14,000 square foot house. Man, it'd be nice to hit rock bottom and have hundreds of, you know, basically coming at it from, yeah, okay, yeah, you had a rough time, understand, but look at all the stuff you had. I would, and Basically what people were saying is, man, I would trade my life now to be rock bottom with all that stuff, right? I I understand that thinking, right? I think if we step back, we can understand that thinking. Because what I think a lot of people are saying is, you know what, I'm miserable now. I might as well be miserable with 100 pairs of uh, shoes, right? I might as well be miserable in the 14,000 square foot house. Which again proves that Ecclesiastes is painting a correct picture. That life doesn't make sense. And if you're not, if you don't have a purpose, if you're not looking in the right direction, you're never going to find fulfillment. You're never going to find satisfaction. It's not going to be there. And no amount of stuff will fill it. And so Ecclesiastes ends in chapter 12. Verses 9 through 14. This is the conclusion. It says, Not only was the teacher wise, 
but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by the shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books, there is no end, and of much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Pretty, pretty simple, very Ecclesiastes way to end, right? This isn't a big finale. This is just, okay, here's the simple facts. It really doesn't sound exciting, but you know what? That's the answer. And, it, and I, it's interesting what he says. It says, the words of the wise are like goads. <laughs> what he's talking about there is a shepherd, whenever he is herding the sheep, would have a goad. It would be a staff, and sometimes they would put something, you know, kind of a thorn or something like that, kind of like we use cattle prods, you know, now. Of course, I don't know if you can anymore because, you know, that people don't like you uh, doing that to animals. But, uh, but a, a goad, would be, that's basically what it was. It was keeping the sheep going in the right direction. And so the, that's what he's saying. He says, these words are like goads. They're co- collecting sayings are firmly embedded uh, by the shepherd. And, uh, and then it says, be warned of anything in addition to them. And see, what we tend to do is we tend to listen to the world, which is adding a lot of words to this. Right? The, 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 the world wants us to believe that the way that we uh, interact with this world that is the, from Ecclesiastes is that we just consume, 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 do what we want. Right? Well, that's adding. We need to simplify and we need to go back and we need to say, you know what? It starts with fearing God and following his commands. There's, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing really overly profound about that. It's pretty simple. But if, we're, if you want to find purpose, if you want to find joy, if you want to find meaning in this life, that's what you have to do. And we don't really like hearing that. Because that means that we actually have to live a subservient life. right? We don't put ourselves first. We actually put Christ first. And we start to try to live the way that he has called us to live. Which is not easy. But that's where we're going to find peace. That's where we're going to find hope. You know, and, and I, as I was reading this, and, and all of a sudden, Ecclesiastes just ends. It's nearly like the guy uh, that Solomon is, he's writing, and he's, he's just getting tired. He's like, okay, I've written about all of my exploits, and I've written about all this life is meaningless. Okay, I need to end this. Um, yeah, you know what? Really, it comes down to you just need to follow what God says, because he created you. And that's how he created you to live. Sorry, that's it. Goodbye. Really straight to the point, and that's it. And I, I started thinking, and, and the way we watch TV has changed, but I don't know, do you remember when you used to, you'd be watching a, your favorite show, and you could only watch it one, uh, once a week, and you had to be there at that time, right? Uh, and so, uh, and it, especially if it was a, a series that was kind of progressing, you didn't want to miss 
But then uh, there would be those times that the, it would be an hour-long episode, and you'd get about 45 minutes in, and you're like, they're not going to wrap this up. <laughs> and you just know that those three stupid words are going to pop up on the screen, to be continued. Yeah. Right? And it's just like, really? Are you kidding me? I have to wait a whole nother week for this? That's kind of what I feel like whenever I'm reading Ecclesiastes and the way that it ends. It's like, really, is, is that it? You're just going to end right there? And the writer says, yeah, I'm done. You know. But whenever we're reading Ecclesiastes, we're not reading just Ecclesiastes. We're reading Ecclesiastes in the context of all of God's Word, and it's pointing us forward. And I, I love how it even, it even brings in uh, whenever it says that the words of the wise are like goads given by one shepherd. Who do we connect with the shepherd? Of course it's Jesus. Right? Did the writer, was he thinking about Jesus when he wrote this? Of course not. But was God putting together this big picture? And God is giving us the book of Ecclesiastes trying to help us to understand the reality of life so that we can have a good place to start so that we can actually find purpose and meaning. Right? We, we need to understand what Ecclesiastes is telling us about life as kind of depressing as it can be because it's also pointing us towards Christ. And then these are some of the words that, that uh, Jesus spoke. This is in uh, John chapter 16, verse 33. You're, you're familiar with this. Jesus says this, and it, this is after he's telling the disciples some really frustrating things, things that they don't want to hear. And he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. You could put a little asterisk. Go check out Ecclesiastes. Right? That's, that's the world. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, or be of good courage, or be of good cheer. That, that word there is, is just chock full of stuff. But, but cheer up. Right? Sing on the elevator. Right? Take courage. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So this world that Ecclesiastes presents that is realistic, that is a, a difficult view of the world because of what sin has done in the world, Jesus enters in and he says, take heart, have peace, find purpose in me because I have overcome the world. We don't read Ecclesiastes in isolation. We read Ecclesiastes and it's pushing us and pointing us forward to what God continues to do in this messed up world. Right? But we have a God who thankfully is honest with us. We don't treat him as he's honest though. Because what do we do when something bad happens? We're like, God, why would this happen? And God's like, I told you. This is going to happen. Right? He said, but don't worry. I'm not leaving you. I have already overcome the world. I'm going to sustain you through it. And that's the kind of God that I want to serve, is a God who tells me what we're dealing with. He doesn't tell me that, hey, man, if you just give your life to me and pray to me a couple times a day, I'm going to make everything smooth. No, because that's a lie. God tells us, hey, 
if you follow me, life is still going to be tough. Because guess what? Life is meaningless. Life is like chasing after the wind. That's what sin has done. But yet, be of good cheer. Have peace, because I have overcome the world. We're going to close out and watch a, another video. This is from Psalm 91. And again, the, the writer of Psalm would not have had Jesus in mind when he wrote this. But God did. And so as you hear these words, I think it points us to, to the, the strength that we find in him, the salvation that is found only in Jesus. So let's watch this reflective video together. As for you, the one who lives in the shelter of the Most High and resides in the protective shadow of the Sovereign One. I say this about the Lord, my shelter and my stronghold, my God in whom I trust. For you have taken refuge in the Lord, my shelter, the Most High. No harm will overtake you. No illness will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you in all you do. They will lift you up in their hands, so you will not slip and fall on a stone. You will subdue a lion and a snake. You will trample underfoot a young lion and a serpent. says, because he is devoted to me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he is loyal to me. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him when he is in trouble. I will rescue him satisfy him with long life and will let him see my salvation. Psalm 91 verses 1 through 2 and 9 through 16. The way that the way that Jesus and the, God gives us peace is that he enters into this mess with us and he walks through the ups and downs of life so that he can be there to pick us up when we will fall. He can be there to rescue us when we find ourselves in times of trouble. Those things are going to happen. But he is present with us. And we will experience his salvation not only when we leave this world, but while we walk in the middle of it. Know that Christ is always walking with you. And that that is where we find peace. In the midst of this world that is so, so accurately portrayed in Ecclesiastes. But it is a world that we can find joy because we follow the one who has overcome it. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. 
We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon, and may God bless you.